Here at Mountain Dew, we'd like to remind you, you gotta know what's important and what's not important. Knowing how to tie a tie, not important. Keeping a diary, not important. Trying all the different bold flavors of Mountain Dew, important. Experience the boldest flavors on earth. Do the Dew. The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with the Plant Profits, powered by Protus Global. Hey, thank you all for joining us here on Plant Profits. My name is Vern Davis. I am your host. And I'm really excited to have my guest uh, today uh, here with me. Uh, he's been uh, a 25-year veteran of the hedge fund industry. In 2018, he collaborated with fellow cannabis and finance experts to create Juicy Holdings with the ambition to be a leading multi-state owner and operator of cannabis licenses. Uh, my guest today is Mr. Jim Cacciapo, CEO, chairman, and founder of Juicy Holdings. Jim, how are you? Good, Thanks Vern. for being here with us. Glad you're here, man. Yeah, thank you very much. Excited to be here. Appreciate the uh, time. Oh, absolutely. It's not like you guys are in the news at all. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think you're in the news uh, an awful lot for a lot of good reasons. And uh, today, I, I really. Uh, want to uh, dive into that and the things and the moves that you've made over the last 12 months in the business and, um, and, and, and really educate the folks. But I always like to start with, you know, you do a lot of, a lot of media and, um, I, you know, I, I, people still may not really know what you're all about and what's, what's the floor, what's the grounding, what, what is Jim Cacciapo standing on, right? And and um, so where did it all start for you, man? I know you went to Colgate, but why Colgate? And where, where'd you yeah. where'd you grow up? Colgate, uh, great, great, uh, great question, Vern. Uh, I had never seen snow. I grew up in Florida and the Bahamas and I went up for four years of uh, cold weather. So it was an unusual decision. What a I don't choice, like getting man. in the cannabis business and when you're uh, you know, a hedge fund, uh, blue chip hedge fund person, you know, yeah. unusual decision. <laughs> but what was the attraction? Why Colgate? You know, beautiful campus had a study okay. abroad program and, uh, you know, it was 19, you know, 80. And I just mm -hmm. went around. I was accepted to Columbia University and I turned it down. I went to see you New York City. You just flew right over the city. Just flew I said, right I, can't, over the city. I can't go to school in the city. I'm not ready. Four years later, <laughs> I lived there, but I wasn't. I, so it's just it's just a campus I liked. I liked the people yeah. and made it sort of a gut decision to go to Colgate. It's a great school. Great education. Yeah. Uh, Colgate. Um, Colgate's coming to Boston College for a little football game on September the 4th. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. seems like a mismatch to me. But, I'll be but, there. Um, it is yeah. probably. Yeah. Most likely it, it is, but we all got to play, right? Yeah. So I'll be exactly. there on September the 4th. That's fun. And yeah, no, no doubt. But then you went on to Harvard. Yeah, I went to Harvard Business School, and then I went into investment banking. I worked yeah. for some of the blue chip investment banks. And after six years of that, um, what I would call nonsense of being a banker, because I didn't love it, I uh, learned a lot. Uh, I went into the hedge fund industry uh, in 1995. So that was in early. 1995. You went into the hedge fund. Industry. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I want to go. But, but Jim, help me out now. Why did you you found out you didn't like the banking, but why did you choose it? 
Is that just was what was happening uh, at the time or you knew you wanted to be in the city after being at Colgate for a while and coming down to the city or whatever? Yeah, that's right. I wanted to live in the city, but I also I wanted to learn the skills, the banking okay. skills. You know, you learn how to run models, you learn how to analyze companies. And it's yeah. it's just uh, talking about it's like Harvard. It's like Harvard Business School on steroids for finance and business analysis. I mean, you just learn so much uh, in such a short period of time. So six years is a long time for that. Uh, okay. That's why I went was to learn. Okay. All right. And then you, then you, you went into the hedge fund or asset management? Yeah. The hedge fund business, you know, the hedge fund business was very, very entrepreneurial. You know, it's very different now, 20, 25, 26 years later, it's very different. Uh, it was, it was a cottage industry. Uh, my friends from Harvard business school thought I was crazy. Uh, not as crazy as cannabis, but they were like, what are you doing? Everybody's going to tech companies. They were private equity and nobody ever heard of the hedge fund business. So it was unusual. And not only that, but I was doing distress, distressed securities, right. buying distressed debt. So it was right. kind of like this, this vulture kind of, you know, so it was, it was kind of off the radar even more. Uh, but I kind of like value investing and I did other things in the hedge fund business, but I gravitated to that and got really well known in the hedge fund business in the and distress securities and distress securities. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, that's quite interesting because <laughs> tell me, and I'm sure there's a story behind this. Tell me how, that prepared you for this? That, that's, that's, see, that's a good question too, because, okay, so, so, you know, after the world blew up, I moved back down to Florida. So I live in Florida, okay. it's been about seven years, took a break, right? Okay. And, and in that break, I, about 2015, I started focusing in on cannabis companies. Mm -hmm. And what you saw with companies with a great industry in front of it that didn't have cash flows, that yeah. it was very hard to value, um, not a lot of information to value these companies. It wasn't like they were public. So right. it was like distress. When the company goes distressed, they're not filing SEC documents. They you know, they, they're, not, yeah. they're not paying their bills. They can't <laughs> yeah. pay their bills. So it was kind of one of these things where the industry, it wasn't that it was distressed. It just said it was consuming capital to grow. This is a capital intensive business. You know, yeah. think about it. You need to put a growing processor together. Oh my That's, gosh. You know, you got to get the license. That's a lot of money. You got to get the land. Buy yeah. the land, and then you put this building in place. Uh, most of it's, you know, most of the quality uh, weeds grown indoors. So yeah. you have to build this, you know, plant. Uh, you know, they could go twenty-five million. You know, uh, and then you got to get it to run right. So right. there's a big investment up front, uh, and okay. and that's that's where we get into the distressed debt business, where you know there was a lot of risk in play. So I think it's a very similar and very good background for it. Yeah, you know, that's quite interesting. Now, what what? What actually, you, you said you started looking at cannabis companies. Why did you start looking at cannabis companies? Well, uh, so it started to be a thing probably around 2014 where people were getting called. So okay. I had a family office, family okay. fund, you know, it's, okay. you know, not an insignificant amount of capital. Uh -huh. And I started to get calls from people. Hey, would okay. you take a look at this? And, okay. and so, you know, I knew something about cannabis, you know, from, from, you know, using it when I was in college and right. shortly after college, you know, I, right. and I was like, okay, it's a great product. People are going to use it. So that's, that seems easy. So I just had to get comfortable with it's been around time. a couple thousand years. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's been around a few thousand years. It's juicy, the, the juicy kingdom, right? The juicy That's kingdom right. goes back a few thousand years. First known use of medical cannabis was in the juicy kingdom. That's so right. yeah, so I got into the business uh, investing. I probably did about 25 different investments before okay. starting juicy. So I knew it pretty well. Okay. All right. So you start flexing your muscle a little bit. Yeah.
Yeah, and it was and it was very profitable. I, I tell you, the, these yeah. investments worked. If I did twenty five of them, you know, I probably only had like five or six left because most of them went public, made money, and I got out of them. Yeah, and 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 you know, and and of those, uh, let's say the remaining twenty that I sold, I think I made money and a lot of money in nineteen of them, right? Something right. like that, some huge ratio of winning. And and then and the other ones I think that I still have that are private they're not the ones who touch the plant those are the non-plant technology oriented right. I think most of those are going to do fine too the valuations are all up and all that stuff so I've been very successful at it and I and 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 uh, what I saw with Jushi was an industry where you know by looking at all these investments very thin management teams I yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't think there were a lot of good management teams I thought there was the best opportunity was to get on the ground floor of a startup company where I managed it because I had a lot of confidence in myself because I built up, you know, two large hedge funds. Right. Uh, you know, we had right. a lot of assets, a lot of people, a, a yeah. lot of earnings, a lot of earnings, you know, yeah. at, at the hedge fund. So I, I felt, I felt like, okay, you can do this, put this together. And that's the best investment for, for my money and the fund and everything else. Man, I, I love this. When we're on this, uh, you, you know, and, and I'm going to want to dive into this really is, is how Juicy got started. Right. How did you pick the name? And I think I just got a piece of that. And and um, how did you organize the group to say, let's go? Yeah, yeah. So so John Barrick is the president of Jushi. He, yeah. he worked for me at One East uh, Capital Advisors, my hedge fund management company, which is okay. part, primarily managing family money. And, and so, you know, he had been working for me for five or six years, moved down to Florida, and he and I were doing these cannabis investments. And we sort of, uh, 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 you know, wanted to do something more significant in the industry besides just make the investments on behalf of One East. So we looked right. at raising cannabis funds, and I just didn't think it was really scalable. You know, I thought if you got to 50 million, you'd be pretty big at the time. Yeah. I remember, I had started two funds. I mean, one went from 300 million to five and a half billion. Yeah. And one that went from zero to two and a half billion in a year. Right. Okay. I wasn't that interested in 50 million. Right. I was interested <laughs> in some bigger things. So, and, and it just, and it, it also seemed like it was really hard to invest. You had to be very active, taking control of companies because of the management issue in this, in this industry. It's just a very yeah. immature management team. Not a lot of people with a ton of credentials were willing right. to go into cannabis in 2014 no. or 15. Absolutely. It was like jumping off a cliff to people. Yeah, yeah. And, and exactly. And then there was also a lot of promoters, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and and people who were just trying to make a quick buck, you know? So so I decided, that let's just start a company. So in 2017, uh, mm -hmm. 2008, uh, we started the company. John, I think, I think we really started like in 17. John and I pulled together yeah. two deals. One yeah. was a minority investment in New York, okay. a New York license I, and, and that I was going to do in One East. But my my new my new partner said no you got to do that in Jushi and yeah. then and they, I said fine let's do that in Jushi and then the other one was we we, we did a, a distressed loan to a company in Colorado you felt and, like you were at home look at yeah you. yeah exactly <laughs> and then and then and that became a Jushi's investment too we worked on that in the end of 2017 and we loaned so we came out of the we came out raising about I think we raised about uh, uh, let's see what it was like 35 million dollars when we started it. We wow. raised 400 now. So wow, no, that, that, that's great. You know, yeah. Jim, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to dive into that and start talking about uh, how that has evolved 2021. We'll continue our discussion with the CEO and founder of Jushi, Jim Cacciapo. I'm Vern Davis. The show is Plant Profits. I am your host, 
and it's fueled by Produce Global. We'll be right back. Plant profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. The plant profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, welcome back. I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits, and my guest today is the CEO and founder of Jushi, which I know you've all heard of. If not, you're going to know more about it after the show today. Uh, Jim Cacciapo is the CEO, chairman, founder of Jushi Holdings. Jim, you're just we're just talking about how Jushi came about, and uh, you were itching and you were just feeling you just had to hit go. It needed, it was yeah. time. It yeah. was time. time you, to, you, yeah. It was time to go. We showed up with a couple of deals. We raised 35 million. We executed those deals. So we, we had a company, you know, yeah. the minute we started it. Yeah. So we started in January, the, the first money closed in January and we had two deals. So it just took off. And you mentioned where the name came from, Jushi. Yeah. You know, I, I was just searching because we had to fill out a document to form the company in January of 2018 when we, right. we take in the first bit of money. And, and I searched the web for names and Jushi came up and I was like, this is perfect. And it came up like, honestly, in the first like 10 minutes of my search. Did it really? That yeah. fast? <laughs> yeah, that fast. I've named companies before starting hedge funds. So it's sure. hard finding something. There was only yeah. one Chinese company using the, the name Jushi. It was, mm-hmm. uh, it was really a Canadian company, uh, Jushi Industrial, because it's a Chinese you know, word. Uh, yeah. It's a Chinese region. It's a Jushi kingdom. And it's the first known use of medical cannabis uh, documented in history. There's yeah. a shaman who was buried with, you know, urns of the flower, you know, the weed around him. And apparently when they dug it up and they found this tomb that thousands of years later, they opened up the urns and it still smelled great. So I just love that story. And yeah. I just it's a great story. Yeah. 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 It's a great story. And what, what a, that's a hell of a name too, because of that story. It links very, very nicely. Well, you guys have been growing. Okay, January 2018, you started this business, but let's, and you think it's 2017, but let's, uh, right? So let's talk about the growth and what's happening. So you guys are multi-state operator. You're doing some really cool things. Um, I'm in the people business at Protus, right? We're in the recruitment business in the cannabis space, and and we've been in it for six years now. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so you know you're it. right. I mean, it's hard yeah. to get great talent to get into that yeah. industry. But you also underneath there was this this wave of folks that, you know, I had a lot of respect for in the businesses and major CPG companies that said, I really want to get into that, but I'm scared. And, yeah, exactly. And and and, and now, uh, you know, Vern helped me find a path to a good place. And and so that was our mission. But you guys have been growing and I've been been hearing about you. And obviously, I know some of your leadership team and and Eric's not here anymore. And 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 uh, 
And so I'm, I'm well aware, but let's talk about some of the growth that you've done in the last year and a half, a couple of years, right? Pennsylvania, right? So, yeah. right. Yeah. So Illinois, talk, talk to me about some of the things that are going on. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give the punchline first to describe yeah. how we got there. So okay. at the end of the fourth quarter of 2019, right. we had annualized revenue, annualized to so the fourth quarter of 2019 times four, four quarters time, it was about yeah. $25 million in revenues. Right yeah. now in the second quarter of 2021, so the quarter we last reported, we'll report right. <coughs> shortly, but right. Next we did just under yeah. $200 million in revenue. So six quarters, we went from wow. doing $25 million annualized to 200 million annualized in the second quarter times we're just under 200 million so so that's a huge amount of growth and so we're, you, know, we're, you know so what we did when we started the company is we searched for states that we wanted to be in and licenses and that was okay. a difficult process it, it got very competitive because everybody's going public everybody right. wanted the bankers everyone's portion you in florida new york we actually sold our license that we invested in nine months later in new york at a four or five times multiple of what we paid for it and New York has turned out to be one of the worst states, you know, for profitability. Nobody's made money in New York. It okay. seems like a great state. 21 yeah. million people, you know, 10 licenses. Who could yeah. lose? Well, everybody <laughs> lost. So we got out. And, and then we turned this uh, distressed investment, the Colorado company, to a couple of dispensaries in Illinois. Yeah. Just through some uh, asset trading. Okay. And, and then we multiplied those because you got two more. So we got four dispensaries in Illinois. Okay. Illinois, those dispensaries right now are doing about 75 million annualized in revenue. Oh, beautiful. Okay? And to beautiful. show you our credentials, I think we probably paid like $10 million for those, right? Yeah. And they're doing 85. So that's one of the best deals of my lifetime. And then in 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 um, Pennsylvania, we acquired yeah. licenses for 15 dispensaries. That was our major, our second major deal, two major deals was okay. 15 dispensaries. Uh, which, which, and by the way, I have uh, 13 of them open, right? Okay. And, and they're doing over a hundred million of revenue, right? So just add those two pieces up. We got a hundred million in 13 dispensaries, five more to come, by the way, Pennsylvania okay. required some more. And then we have 75 or so. So we're talking about that's most of our revenues right there. It's just Illinois. Two states. Yeah. Two states, just retail, right? Uh-huh. And, and, and cause we, we, we went retail first because, it was, we, we thought retail licenses were harder to get, easier business to run, lower risk for our investors. Mm -hmm. And also once we vertically integrated, which we always plan to do, we'd have our, our own stores to sell it through. Already so there. All the sales. You're not, now, you're not looking for outlets, right. Right, right. So, so that, so, yeah. but by the way, the third big it. deal we did but before we went public, these were all before we went public. The third big deal we did was in Virginia. We got okay. a very early license, a sleepy medical state. All of our competitors were rushing to buy in Florida. The prices were going up. We said, no, we're not going to do that. We mm -hmm. sold New York. They were all rushing to New York. We went into Virginia and Pennsylvania. Like we, people were like, that's great. But what the fuck, what are you guys doing? You know, <laughs> and it turns out Virginia. So what I liked about Virginia, it was easy, right? We had a, we have an exclusive right to serve Northern Virginia. Okay. In Northern Virginia, Amazon just put their HQ too. There's like no better metropolis to yeah, be Yeah, Northern Virginia is... It, it very is, progressive, yeah. very liberal, like the kind of can, but very millennial, like cannabis. Think cannabis, millennial. I mean, it's it's beautiful for cannabis yeah. companies. Sure. And on, top, and on top of that, Virginia is a fully Democrat state. So you have Democrats controlling the House, the state Senate. 
Yeah. All his federal senators are Democrats, the governor's Democrat. So you kind of knew it was going to go quick towards cannabis because right. what you really want to be is in the more progressive states. Yeah. And so, 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 so we, they, Virginia's improved the medical law so dramatically since we, since we acquired, we have flour, smokable flour starting in September. Yeah. We, we had gummies come in. We had, they gave us more stores. The whole, it's been great. And they've also approved adult use starting January 1st, 2024. Yeah. Yeah, 24. And, mm. and but the governor, if, if the Democrat gets elected, Terry McAuliffe, we think that gets brought forward to the beginning of 23. So it's so Virginia's like we, we have almost no revenues in Virginia. I just explained to you how with all <laughs> Illinois and Pennsylvania. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Virginia is going to like just take off. We, we have licenses for six stores, no other competition, Northern Virginia, and a grow processor we're building out to 100,000, 3,000 square feet. So wow. that's a beautiful thing at 22 and 23. 24. Um, yeah. So yeah, then, the grow facility is amazing that you're yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, the, and then the one other thing I have to say is we did an acquisition during COVID, right? I'm, okay. I'm focused on the big things, the big states. We have other things. Okay. We did an acquisition in Pennsylvania. We bought a grow processor. I bought a grow processor with 88,000 square feet. Yeah. Now I'm now expanding to 190,000 square feet. And I That's bought that for amazing. 37 or $38 million. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's amazing. That's yeah, amazing. I mean, it, it already existed. The grow rooms were in place. Now, we yeah. had to do a lot to fix it up. Don't get me wrong. The, right. the operator was distressed, and we had to, you know, they needed the cash. So that's how we got a great deal. And we were able to raise some cash in COVID like nobody else could. It was right. really, really hard. I, right. I felt really proud of that deal. Eric did a great job uh, helping me with that. And, 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 and we went out and bought this thing. And now the, the punchline is our Virginia grow processor. And our Pennsylvania grow processors, beautiful new expansions come online the first quarter of next year. So all of a sudden, we get this retail company getting vertically integrated. Right. Now, I want to put that, what does that mean? So let's just say we're doing over 100 million of sales in Pennsylvania right now, right? And, and of annualized sales. We're going to add four or five, five more dispensaries. It probably goes to like 130 or something like that. Mm -hmm. Let's just take, I, if I take 30, 40% of that, and now that becomes my flour, my yeah. lab products, my, my vapes, you know, my gummies, the margins go through the roof yeah. because I make it for a few hundred dollars a pound. I'm selling it at huge prices. So, because, you know, that's how it works. You don't get a credit for, you know, selling to yourself. It just, mm -hmm. it just lowers your, it lowers your margin. so like yeah. margins will go through the roof next year. I believe, you know, as we, as we go into 2022. So it's, yeah. a, it's really a great time for Jushi. All, it's all just coming together, this vertical integration. No, that is great. That, that is a great. So where's the growth going to come from moving forward? So you, you, you uh, obviously uh, the things you're doing in Northern Virginia, but uh, what about these other states, uh, Jersey, oh, yeah. Arizona? So, well, so wh first of what all, are you doing I, I there? Wanna, yeah. I, I want to go back to the Juicy story and then we'll talk a little bit about M&A. Okay. I want to, I want to, we have organic growth in our, in our, we don't need to do anything, nothing, zero. OK, because we opened we took 14 stores at year end uh, yeah. 2020, uh, 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 right? December 2020. But yeah. when we close this year out, we'll have like 29 or something with an acquisition okay. included. Right. We've doubled our store base. So next year we get all those stores operating that just had opened up throughout the year. Right. So we get so that's growth right there. We have two grower processors, which both have big wholesale businesses. That's growth. Yeah. And then they both go wreck probably in the beginning of 23, which is yeah. a tremendous amount of growth. We're going to yeah. double our sales. So okay. Jushi is just like, you know, the organic is a ton of growth. But going back to where else we're going to do growth, to, to add yeah. to that, 
you know, creative deals is what, is what I call it, creative deals. Ohio is the state where we have a grower processor yeah. and we're, we're looking to add retail. Okay. There's, there's about 70 so or new licenses coming. They're yeah. just being issued. So it's a good time to be in the market the next couple of years to buy those. Um, Illinois, we have the retail. We'd love to have a grower processor integrate in that market and maybe get some more retail. Yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, you know, you know, there's a ton of great states out there. You know, Maryland makes a lot of sense for us because we're in Virginia, you know, yeah. a neighboring state makes Perfect. a lot of sense. So we're looking at Maryland. Mm -hmm. Um, and we, we're doing a deal right now in Massachusetts that's announced. Um, mm -hmm. you know, there was a really imbalanced, there was much more sellers and buyers and we got a great deal. And as so we're super happy about that deal, but we'll look, we look at almost every state and decide whether, you know, we have to just look at the price being offered and mm -hmm. every state. So it could be Arizona. It could be, could be Colorado, okay. could be California, Nevada, okay. uh, you know, you name it. We're looking at Florida. We're looking at all the states. Okay. Okay. Uh, no, that's great. I tell you what, Jim, we're going to take a break and we're going to talk about some of the, the, the latest announcements that have come out of Jushi and things that you guys are doing with buying brands and, and those kinds of things. This is Byrne Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. My guest today is the CEO chairman of Jushi, uh, Jim Cacciapo, and uh, we'll be right back. Thank you. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The plant profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on cannabisradio.com. Hey, welcome back. This is Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits is fueled by Produce Global. My guest today is CEO, Chairman, and Founder of Jushi Holdings, Jim Cacciapo. Hey, Jim, hey, let's uh, let's continue this discussion. Let's talk about some of the brands, you know, Beyond Hello and 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 what you guys are doing there, and the new products that were just announced. That new company you bought out of Virginia. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. So Beyond Hellos are retail stores, retail brand. We've done a we've done a tremendous job, our creative team, our marketing team, and creating really the best uh, dispensaries in Pennsylvania, right? Where we, we bought we bought the, the the name. They were already existing in Pennsylvania. We brought it around the country. And we so cool stores. I mean, you go in very natural wood and everybody feels comfortable there. It's very important to that, you know, the store is a place where people feel comfortable, especially women. Uh, guys tend to be, you know, I'm going to buy cannabis, no big deal. Women are kind of shy about it. So right. we, we really try to make it this sort of really cool place that everybody feels comfortable in. We have our own scent. We have our own music that comes in beyond hello uh radio we it's highly curated we have these cool yeah. candle scents that you know and so 
and we top service, top online presence. So mm -hmm. getting online, about 70% of our sales come through the online store. And, yeah. and so, you know, that's a key part of the Beyond Hello brand. Yeah, it is. And you guys were almost first at that of making the web-based interaction uh, with consumers uh, just a big deal and part of your strategy. Yeah, and, and just really focusing a lot of resources on that. Right. And then we went over and, 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 and we started creating, remember I described in our last segment, the vertical integration. So we need brands. So I didn't, I didn't want to buy brands. I did, we, we built brands. So we happen to have a great creative department. We own a few dispensaries in California. I spent a lot of time out there. We only own four dispensary licenses. You know, two are built out and two are coming. But, yeah. but, but it's not a huge presence for Jushi, so hence I don't speak about it much, but we've learned a lot in that market. And that's really where cannabis was founded in yeah. the commercial cannabis in the country and the world, really. Right. The California cannabis is, is, is. So we have our creative team out there based in LA. I've spent a ton of time out there and other senior management employees have as well. We have four or five people out there. And yeah. so we feel like we really learned how to do the brands from okay. out there. And we brought that technology and we create our own brand. What, what are our brands? Well, Tastology is something that we invented. It's an edible brand. It's fantastic. I tell the products are great. We just introduced those in Virginia. Yeah. So, you get, our sales went up 20% week over week just because wow. of those gummies. Okay. So it's, it was great. Really well received. The, uh, the magic lab, of gummies. It's amazing. The lab is a vape product that's been in Colorado forever and, mm -hmm. and very, very popular in Colorado. We bought that as part of the Colorado deal back a few years ago. And, and, and so we commercialized that around the country and brought that into Virginia too a few weeks ago. Those sure. products were so popular, they sold out. Your yeah. initial supply went very, very quickly. Um, so, so really good products. And I would say Colorado and California quality products being okay. brought to brand new markets. And, yeah. and when I say the quality, I'm saying, you know, the, what we do, the texture of the gummy, the, mm -hmm. the way the vape sort of feels, you know, with, you know and, and, and then the, the, the impact of the infused you know, THC and right. CBD and the things we do with it. And, and, and it's, these products are fantastic. You know, it's some of the, some of the best in the country. And, and so really proud of that, especially to introduce them to new markets like Virginia, you know, that's just yeah. so great for those people. So we feel really yeah. good about our brands. No, that is, that is great. You, you're, you're on the cutting edge there. Now, the other thing that, um, and you, you kind of mentioned it early in this conversation is that you really, you, you really have gotten aggressive on bringing tremendous talent to the organization in key roles. Let's talk about some of that. Yeah. So, I mean, we just talked about brands. We brought them yeah. into Virginia. They've been in Pennsylvania, Nevada. So that creative, the creative head, Andre Newman, we call him Dre. I mean, just take a look at his. Yes, there's no profile like his. He's, he's, he's super progressive, lives out in California, been involved with all kinds of Silicon, Silicon Valley companies, creative controls, marketing and branding. So Dre is like really special. He's been with us for about 18 months, but a lot of his work has gone into that branding and what we just talked about. And, and, then, and then the uh, uh, online store. But we, bought, we just brought in Brendan Lynch. Yeah. Brendan, the senior retail executive, is most substantial part of his resume, 17 years out of anthropology, which is owned by Urban Outfitters. And you know that's one of our better retailers in the country is Urban Outfitters. And anthropology went under, you know, he started at the lowest levels 17 years ago. Yeah, there was and, less than a handful of stores there. Yeah, a handful there. of stores. And then yeah. you know, he, he left and they had 6,000 employees, 175 stores, and he was at the top of the retail chain. So, right. so you know, I mean, that, I mean, that's just a guy that's super, uh, uh, super able to contribute to cannabis. He's into the products. He's 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 very focused on the bit. I mean, he just he's just really pumped about the business. He lives in LA. 
You know, yeah. so now we have our creative and our head of retail out there and a few other yeah. people had a commercial. So that's really that's great. Very smart. Yeah, that's very, very smart. Yeah. It's very good. Uh -huh. And then and then uh the other one uh that's uh that's new is uh Leo uh Garcia Berg. Leo uh was a senior executive out of uh Ambev, which owns Anheuser-Busch or mm -hmm. Budweiser and you know Bush products, Bud Light, and so and Modelo and a bunch of other brands, Stella. Um, so it's the biggest beer company in the world, one of the most highly regarded companies in terms of the way they build businesses, reduce costs. They invented mm -hmm. something called zero-based budgeting. So Leo was also at McKinsey and, mm -hmm. and, and he went to Wharton. So mm -hmm. he's a highly, you know, highly educated. Mm -hmm. McKinsey is kind of like, you know, it's, it's kind of like Goldman Sachs McKinsey post, yeah. post your graduate degree. <laughs> you know, Wharton or Harvard, that's where you then go and learn the most, right? Yeah. And if you want to go operations, McKinsey's great. And then he has his long career at Ambev. Um, and we were lucky to be able to pick him up. But I want to touch on something you said earlier. Okay. About six years ago, you couldn't get these CPG, you know, you, yeah. you've been on the front lines of this. Yes, I am. CPG people into the business. Right. Now it's much easier. Yeah. We're real, right? We have nice yeah. balance sheets. Um, exactly. Yeah. You're real yeah. companies. They understand the business now. They yeah. understand it. They can go look it up. They can see how you're performing. You're accountable to reporting. You know, it's, 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 uh, but now you get it. Now you get to choose. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and it's hard because the cannabis yeah. industry is totally different. So these people are coming out of, you know, pretty conservative companies typically. Right. And, and then they're going into the wild west of cannabis. It's highly regulated. It's a it's federally legal, you know, it just got a lot of, you know, you know, you can't have bank accounts to hear about all this stuff. And, right. and so it's, so it, it, it's, you got to find that special person who's, who's, you know, good with that, you know, cause yeah. you don't want to waste time recruiting. Then they talk to their husband or wife who's more conservative than them, they decide not to come. I'm sure you've seen that, right? You waste so much time trying to recruit people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, yeah. no, you're, you're, you're uh, absolutely right. It's, it's, it's very important, but it's, it's important though, that the people that come before them, you know, are credible and you're doing that. You're building a very credible place to be, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and you're going to, but to your point, it takes a special person because the industry is so different. You know, what's right today may be wrong tomorrow. And, and you, you got to have a person who has that agility and the acuity and, and also the, the flexibility to understand that there's another side of it and they just got to keep going. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I'd like to say there's, there's no business with more change and more flexibility and agility required than hedge fund investing. I mean, right. if, you, if you're not making money all the time for your clients, they just withdraw it. I mean, it's a tough business. You know, it's, yeah. it's like, you know, the center of, you know, capitalism. So, so I feel like we have the agile, you know, uh, 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 like change. We, we, we cause change to happen, you know, right. mindset uh, at the top of the, uh, uh, the top of our company. So, and then we're bringing people in and kind of giving them that freedom to go, Create some change and do what they need to do. Yeah, um, but but it was a big year. Uh, it's been a big year for us in terms of management hires. I mean, as you know, our founder, one of our founders, Eric, uh, you know, left us mm -hmm. to you know to, to, to go into. Um, I think it will be a very short retirement. Uh, and and basically, you know, he'll you know he'll he'll pop up. I can't up see somewhere. him not doing anything. Yeah, no, he <laughs> he just taking a break. He, he you know he worked. Nobody worked harder than Eric over the last you know 
three, yeah. three years, three and a half years when we started this business, right? So Eric, Eric worked extremely hard. He's traveling around the world, raising money, but he was very appropriate when we were a startup company coming in, helping raising money and just traveling all over and doing the job of three people. Now, you know, we, the founder leaves at the same time we bring in a COO who's right. professional, you know, running factories, running plants. What are we doing right. now? We're doing two huge plants, one in Virginia, one in Pennsylvania. Right, expansion. We have, yeah. Yeah. we have somebody who inspires confidence for me, the largest shareholder and the chairman CEO. And then the retail side, I was like, well, we got 20 stores going to 40, you know? Yeah. Like I just, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, we only have licenses for like 34 or five. We'll do some acquisitions. We're going to 40. I mean, that's a lot of stores. Um, and the revenue per store in cannabis is really, really hot. Uh, yeah. You know, we have these, you know, our top stores in, 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 uh, um, uh, Illinois. Illinois. Yeah. We're doing 25 million. So revenue, yeah. that's a lot. It's a lot yeah. of revenue per store. Like, 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 like other businesses like anthropology. Yeah. You know, that store is a Rockefeller, Rockefeller Center, New York store doing yeah. like 25 or 30 million. We're doing it in Sage, Illinois. <laughs> you know? I mean, <laughs> I mean so, that's great. That's yeah. great, man. I, Hey, I could talk to you for everybody, but I want to give you a chance. Um, to because you guys have been awake and uh, on social equity and justice. Uh, give us a couple minutes about what you're passionate about, what you guys are doing in the community. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we do so much. So some mm -hmm. of it's very localized. So yeah. we do these laundry projects in Pennsylvania. We're doing that trying to round the country. We hooked up with these people who know how to help us on this. Right. Helping the community with, you know, giving them things. So that's like one really, you know, you know, really uh, 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 grassroots kind of thing we're doing in our communities. And we have other community-based programs that we've given to a lot of LBGTQ type things. You know, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, you know, you know, I have a passion for that. You know, mm -hmm. I have a passion for teen health. Mm -hmm. I think you put the two together. You know, that's got to be a tough thing to go through that as a teen. So, right. you know, we're, we're, you know, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you know, what a better way to try and help people than help, you know, help teens. So yeah. we're, we're and, and, you know, we're kind of focused on that as a, as a charity, a charitable thing. Um, and, and then, you know, and then um, uh, we're just really progressive on how we manage the company too, by the way. Uh, you know, I mean, we, I mean, on, on pride days, you know, we're, yeah. we're out there, we're changing our, our, our website where we have the colors, you know, we just did a, we just did a, a, a billboard in Palm Springs, California. We have a dispensary where we have the pride symbol up on it. I mean, it's just, it just permeates our company, not, not just in what we do, but in, 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 you know, uh, uh, to help people, but also mm -hmm. we incorporate it into our business. It becomes part of our business culture. Like, a, you know, we have a tremendous amount of diversity in our company at the highest levels, and but also in retail, very, very diverse people in dispensaries. We're really, really uh, focused on that. On the social equity side, yeah. you know, we've teamed up with people. You know, we try to help people expunge their records. We do a bunch of things like that. Um, yeah. and, and I just think being in the industry and making it profitable and helping change the laws, like yeah. in Virginia, we're trying to make sure that the social equity, you know, as a participant in the industry, who's, you know, who, who's out there educating the uh, lawmakers, we're trying to get social equity a big piece of it. You know, we're, yeah. we're in on that. You know, we're yeah. working with the caucus in Virginia on that. So it's, it's, it just permeates. It's not just things you do, you know, you know on more charitable or, you know, um, community basis. But, but also what you're doing every day on your regulatory affairs and how you incorporate those values into your business. So I think it's a, a 360 degree picture. Yeah. picture yeah. Of we, we really 
our progressive company and the management team thinks that way from the top down. Oh, that's great. You're very, very local to very broad. And yeah. uh, that's, uh, uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. It is great uh, having you here uh, on the show today, man. And um, I, you bring so much energy to the conversation, but you also bring so much energy to Jushi. You bring so much energy to the industry and it's much needed. And we all appreciate you for that. So hey, thank you for, for uh, being here today and, and talking to me about uh, what's really happening. I really appreciate that. I'm Byrne Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. And our guest today is the chairman, CEO, and founder of Jushi Holdings, Jim Cacciapo. Jim, I want to thank you, like I said, for being here today. And I want to thank all of you for joining us today. And you can download episodes of Plant Profits. And please catch this one. It's coming up soon. Uh, Plant Profits by going to CannabisRadio.com. Wherever you get your podcast fix, man. Just go Apple, Amazon, you know, Spotify, iHeart, wherever it is, you can find us and you can find this particular show. Follow Protus Global on LinkedIn, Facebook, all social media, Twitter, Instagram, everything. Learn more about how we are building companies every day through bringing amazing people to companies every day and changing lives at Protus Global. ProtusGlobal.com, P-R-O-T-I-S, global.com. Until next time, I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. Thank you. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.